0: Adventures and welcome to episode 21 of the Adventure Within Reason podcast. I'm Dave. I'm Kelly. And today we're going to be talking about a little state park inside Lake Minnesota called McCarthy Beach.
1: Inside Lake Minnesota, David. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> sorry, it took me a second. I thought you were saying inside lake, not inside lake. Hold on. Minnesota. Let
0: me, I maybe my enunciation is is uh not prim and proper enough. I'll do my theater voice
1: and over-enunciate <laughs>
0: every word. In Side Lake, Minnesota. Inside Lake, Minnesota. Back to my regular <laughs> voice because that's really obnoxious. In, in, pause, Side Lake, Minnesota. It's the, you know, it's, it's the nearby town. We've talked about that before. Sometimes the, you know, what, sometimes these state parks are considered in this or that town when this or that town is actually, you know, 20 miles away. Um, but in this instance, Side Lake is actually, you know, adjacent to the state park. Or, or maybe, a, maybe a more accurate way of saying is, uh, McCarthy Beach is is uh, in part and parcel of the town. So
1: yeah. So this park was established in 1945, and it was dedicated to servicemen who had lost their lives in World War II. It's a pretty awesome park. We camped here for what, David? Four nights.
0: Yeah, this was our longest stretch, uh, our longest stretch of camping during this re- our, this recent vacation of ours, which we took. In case you missed the last few episodes, we uh, we spent about uh, seven or eight days, or seven or eight or nine days, um, on an extended adventure throughout central and northern Minnesota. And we stayed at one park for just a single night. That was Crow Wing. We stayed at um, Schoolcraft for three nights, and then the the last the last leg of the trip, we spent four nights in a day or so at McCarthy Beach. You would think that may, that meant we spent the most amount of time out there on the trails and out there doing this and that, but it really was mostly uh, just kind of a home base because we our itinerary was full during this part of the, the vacation. So
1: yeah, yeah we... we didn't
0: actually do any hiking at this park. <laughs> so this might be a shorter episode than normal, but that doesn't mean we didn't like it. And it doesn't mean we don't have a bit to say about it. Uh, but I think the first thing we did after we pulled in, checked in, uh, redeemed some of our coupons, that's where we did this one right that's where we redeemed the coupons
1: yeah thank you McCarthy Beach staff for knowing how to do those <laughs> yeah
0: absolutely um, after we did all the you know the boring nuts and bolts uh, things and got our got our tent set up and got all of our you know put fresh ice in the cooler and all that kind of good stuff the first thing we did at McCarthy Beach was go back to the, the trail center or the park center and we rented a paddle board for a couple hours
1: we rented a couple paddle boards for a couple hours.
0: Yeah, once again, better way of putting it. <laughs> we rented two paddle boards, uh, which, you know, in the moment I was like, oh, you know, we should have just rented one and shared it. But it was our first time, or it was my first time paddleboarding. It Was this your first time paddle boarding?
1: It was. Oh, and okay. I, did, I just didn't want our listeners to think that I was like riding around like a queen on the paddle board while you pushed me around the lake.
0: No, no. We both, uh, we learned together. You know, there was probably about 50 feet or so between us once we got out on the water. And yeah, let's let's start there, Kelly. Kelly. Um, Paddleboarding was a whole lot of fun. It was a gorgeous day for it. It was warm. It was very hot. <laughs> warm, yeah, border, maybe hot, we should just say hot, you know, but we put our sun, sunscreen lotion on and uh, got out there. It was a lot easier than I thought because these paddle boards that you rent there, um, they're big and they're like hard, durable plastic. You know, for some reason, I thought they were more uh, malleable in my mind, but they're uh, extremely long what would you say like 18 feet long or no not 18
1: no feet long. probably like eight or
0: nine eight or nine sorry i have a tendency to exaggerate they were they were you know twice as long as the average person and since we're we're hobbit size they were probably about you know almost three times longer than us i don't know once again maybe i'm exaggerating <laughs> but uh suffice it to say they were very easy to get up and uh, ride around on you know you uh put it in the water there's a strap, like a velcro velcro strap, that you put around your ankle in case you fall off, you know, for safety purposes. And then you get a little, um, is it more accurate to say a paddle or an oar?
1: I think it's a paddle.
0: A paddle, okay. Or is that like a sort of a difference without a distinction?
1: I have no idea. We are not paddlers. Jess, if you're listening to this episode, <laughs> yeah,
0: set us straight because we want to use the right terminology when we're talking about these things. But in any event, you know, we each had our own paddle board, we each had our own oar. And, you know, once we put our life vest on and attached that Velcro cord or Velcro, Velcro strap with a kind of a long two or three feet long cord to us, uh, we, we got out and uh, rode around, paddled, paddled around.
1: Uh, was
0: it Side Lake or was it uh, the other lake that we were on?
1: It was Side Lake.
0: Or was it? Oh, no. OK. So the, there are two. if you're camping here at McCarthy Beach, there are two, basically two lakes. There's Sturgeon Lake which is where the really uh, beautiful beach is. If you look at like the Wikipedia page for McCarthy Beach, I think it's just a shot of the, that beach along Sturgeon Lake. Incidentally, uh, most of these parks seem to have Wikipedia pages, so you can always, if you get tired of hearing our voices, you can just go over to wikipedia.com and, and, and read up on the parks there.
1: Stop plugging for other people, David. <laughs>
0: Wikipedia is a, is, is a great uh, asset, and it should not be uh, understated. Um, that doesn't mean we don't. We, of course, we appreciate your attention. But if you ever just want something to do while you're listening to us talk about uh, a park, uh, go over to Wikipedia and read about some of these parks too, because obviously there's going to be a lot that uh, we don't cover in an episode that you can read about on there. But um, getting back to the the you know the topic at hand, uh, we took the paddle boards out on Side Lake, and it was amazing. There were one or two motorboats out there, which I'm always a little kind of disappointed to see just because they're loud. And I always worry that they're disturbing the birds, but I will say that the the boats that were out there were pretty respectful of, uh, of us and the other people, because there were, I think there was one other couple that we ran into. Uh, were they in a canoe or a kayak? I can't remember now.
1: We ran, we ran into another couple in a kayak and we mm-hmm. paddled past another couple people in a kayak.
0: Okay. There you go. So, so there were, you know, at least half a dozen people out there, not in a motorized uh, craft of one kind or another. And uh, the motorboats that were out there were pretty, you know, the people driving those were pretty respectful of us and pretty respectful of the loons because there were one or two loon families out there just doing their thing in the middle of the lake. And I, I kind of broke one of the cardinal rules, no pun intended of birding, which is that you're really not supposed to disturb birds or try to get too close But I just I couldn't resist the urge to kind of paddle as close as I could, and uh, you know they they let me know when I was getting a little too close because they would dive under and reappear, you know, 100 or 200 feet, uh, you know, down the lake. But I I got within about 50 feet of um of this loon family at one point and just kind of stood and just admired them, you know, because I I didn't want to disturb them or or do anything um inconsiderate. But it was just so cool to to see to see loons up close. On the middle of a lake you know not not look not looking at them from the shoreline uh but to actually be out on the water with them uh with the aid of a of a paddleboard it was really just an incredible experience and i just want to before i turn it over to kelly i just want to encourage people out there if if you're not the most you know athletic or physically active person that kind of sums up me paddleboarding is is almost uh almost definitely within your uh your ability so don't be afraid to get to rent a paddleboard At a state park or just uh, on whatever lake you happen to be by because they're a lot of fun and yeah, great way to, to exercise your upper body too.
1: Yeah, the paddle boards at McCarthy Beach and I imagine across the DNR sites are pretty stable. I know that there are some out there that can be kind of tippy. So these were pretty stable you know, I don't have great balance and I'm very clumsy and I managed to stay on mine the entire hour. I think that we,
0: yeah, neither of us fell off at any point.
1: Yeah. Although it would have been welcome because it was, as we said, quite hot that day. After we finished with paddle boarding, we returned our paddle boards and walked across the highway, walked across the two lane highway is what I should say.
0: Yeah. It's a very, it's don't, don't be intimidated by that. It's a, it's a very, I mean, it's, it's more like a road, but it is technically a two-lane, I, I guess, state highway. Um, but there's there's crosswalk, I believe, uh, crosswalk lines painted on the road. So, And, and there's always people coming and going uh, t- to the beach on foot. So just look both ways. Use common sense. You won- you're not going to be in any danger out there as long as you uh, are aware of your surroundings.
1: So we walked across the street over to Sturgeon Lake and down to take a dip because, like we said, it was extremely hot that day. I'm sorry, I keep reiterating that I was just this part of the trip, I was actually a little bit uncomfortable, but it passed. Anyway, so we took we took a walk over to Surgeon Lake and down to the beach that you see photos of that you will see photos of if you follow our website. And gosh, that swim I think is one of my top 10 swims of all time even though the water doesn't actually get very deep in this like we went out David what 200 300 feet and it was still up to our chests and as previously noted we're hobbit size we're 5'4".
0: Yeah it was it was kind of odd but it was also kind of cool because yeah you have to go out of ways before the water drops off and eventually it does drop off and that you know it's kind of clearly marked um, when you're swimming on that side of the lake where that beach is. You, you, you know when it's going to drop off because they've got the little, what do you call them, buoys yeah. out there. It's cool. It's maybe about three feet for – the, the water is probably about three feet in depth for a couple hundred feet, and then it drops off. And the sand there was like some of the softest sand. It almost felt like walking in mud, but it, you know, had that grainy texture of sand. Yeah, yeah, um, just a great place. Uh, I mean, and yeah, it was hot, but you know, you don't want it to be cold when you're out there in the water. I mean, you don't want it to be hot. <laughs> yeah, that's it was the, the perfect the summer point. day, I think. Yeah, yeah, we don't. Yeah, we don't want to sound like we're complaining about that. It was, it was the perfect time to get out there and, and just play in the water.
1: Yeah, and we really made the transition into boreal forest with this park. That was a big one for us, and it was. We've talked a lot about walking in the pines, or maybe I've just thought a lot about walking in the pines. And, you know, when we were talking with Jill, not, unfortunately, not when we were interviewing her, but when we were talking with her at Cayuna Country, she and I had a nice conversation about how different woods feel different, and Boreal Woods, I hope I'm saying that right. I've actually, I've only ever read it. Anyway... Boreal woods have a very different feel and I'm not totally certain how to describe it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of agree with what Jill said, um, both in that segment we recorded with, with her and Katie and just, and just kind of once or twice, uh, when we weren't recording just out on the trail, which is that getting out in nature, whether, whether it's a Boreal forest or a deciduous forest, if you're more secular in your orientation, it does feel if you, you know, if, if you let those, these feelings kind of wash over you, it does kind of feel like a spiritual experience to, to, to get away from uh, the towns and cities we inhabit and just get out in, in nature. So, I mean, that's kind of how I tend to think of it, you know, not not just with the pine trees, but just uh, whether it's a prairie trail or a dense forest, just getting out there and just feeling like you're a part of nature, you know, however, however, temporarily it, it it's a very, uh, you know, we like to use words like magical or spiritual, but, you know, a few other words uh, fit.
1: Yeah. So we spent a lot of time, on or in the water at this state park, which is unusual for us. Typically, we like to be in the woods hiking and really, you know, exploring nature that way. But a couple things sort of conspired against us by the time we got to McCarthy Beach. First of all, we were about halfway through our trip and had done quite a bit of hiking at this point. So when we got to McCarthy Beach, I put my foot down with David and I was like... I. It's a nice hot day. Tomorrow, it's supposed to rain all day. I want to be in and on the water today. The other thing is that the, I mean, bless this park ranger. When I asked about the hiking club trail, he said, well, that road is sort of minimally, it has minimal upkeep to get to that trail. So you can either walk some extra miles or extra parts of miles. I'm not sure what he actually said. But he said, he looked at our car, he's like, I don't know if your car is going to make it out there. And we said, okay, well, disappointing. But if all we do at the state park is hang out in the water and camp, we'll be okay with it.
0: Yeah, you didn't have to sell me on on that decision, honestly, because by the time we got to this park, you know, as you said a moment ago, we were about halfway through the trip. And I think I uttered that old cliche, I think, you know, let's take a vacation from the vacation, meaning let's take a break from hiking in this case, because yeah, we had a lot of miles under our belt already. And as much as as much as we would have liked to have gotten out and, and done the hiking club trail at McCarthy Beach, there were just a number of things that uh, kind of steered us toward deciding not to. And I don't regret that honestly. Uh, I, I I will say real quickly, um, even though we didn't do any hiking at this park, unless you count you know hiking to the to the vault toilet and the showers in the back, which you know isn't really a isn't really deserving of the of, of the word hike. But re- really, all we did was. Um, Ate, ate our meals. We uh, There was one rainy day where we just sort of hung out um, in the nearby town of Hibbing and did a couple things out there, which uh, incidentally, maybe we, in, a, in a moment we can talk about that a bit. There were, there were some afternoons and evenings where we just kind of uh, decided to hang out in the tent and rest and read and uh, listen to radio dramas, that kind of thing. But I will say, you know, I'm not going to have really a birding report for this episode. But while we were setting up, Kelly, I think at one point you walked down to use the bathroom and I saw um, a pileated woodpecker, like maybe about 50 feet into the woods. And I kind of watched him for a second. Then a few seconds later, I saw a second pileated woodpecker. And then over the course of uh, the next several days, I did occasionally see birds that are um you know not rare by any means but birds that you just you don't see on on an everyday basis i at one point we were walking back from from the beach on sturgeon lake and um you know i was waiting for you i think you had you know kind of fallen behind i was waiting for you pretty close to the 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 park ranger station and i kind of just glanced to one side into the woods and i saw about maybe five or six red-eyed vireos which are really cool birds that you don't see super often (laughs) So yeah, pileated woodpeckers, red-eyed vireos. Uh we, we talked about the loon families out on the on, on the water. The, the you know, there there were we, we did see birds and we did see a, a bit of wildlife. Uh we didn't see any bears or anything like thank that.
1: Thank goodness. <laughs> thank
0: goodness. Uh, you know, as as previously mentioned, uh, it's good to know that they're out there and they haven't been wiped off the face of the earth like a you know, a lot of you know, animal species have, unfortunately, the last hundred or so years. But you don't want to just have a run-in with a bear when you're not not expecting to. You kind of want to have the just sort of a live and let live from from a distance mentality when it comes to bears, but yeah, uh, circling back around to my original point, you know, I I don't regret our decision not to do any hiking at this uh, park. Someday we will be back at McCarthy Beach. I can say that for certain, uh, barring some kind of you know disaster, unless like a, an asteroid hits this park and wipes it, <laughs> wipes it off the map, then uh, we will be going back to McCarthy Beach. And I I, I know that uh, one of our listeners, Tiffany, uh, I, I believe, did the hiking club trail. Either uh, at one point in the past, or maybe maybe just before or just after we were there, because I seem to remember Tiffany mentioning uh, in our group page on Facebook, you know, it's a bit of a drive to get to the the head of the hiking club trail, but that it's 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 worth it. But you know, as we've said several times now, we just uh, there were a number of factors that led us to just decide to not do it this time. And sometimes that's okay. You know, you don't want to fall into that trap of feeling like you have to do everything. At a state park, you know, and especially if you have limited time, you know, you know, just choose something and try to enjoy it, and just kind of make a sort of commitment to, to go back one day and do the things that you didn't do, or maybe you really like the things that you did and you just want to do those again sometime down the road. That's fine too. There's there's no wrong r- wrong way to appreciate a
1: state park. I would enthusiastically go back to McCarthy Beach and just paddleboard on side, like oh, that definitely. was just such a magical experience. Yeah. David, I want to tag back to your birding report for a second and say. Every night that we were at McCarthy Beach, we fell asleep listening to Loon's Calling, which oh, is yeah. one of my all-time top 10 favorite sounds.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: it was, it was just beautiful, even to just to wake up in the middle of the night and to hear them calling to one another. I don't know if uncanny is the right word, but I'm going to go with it. It's an uncanny but not scary sound. Maybe it's scary if you haven't grown up around them and you don't know what that noise is in the middle of the night, but I find it very comforting.
0: It was great. And um, you just reminded me about something that we completely neglected to mention in our recent episode on Schoolcraft. We, we stayed there for several nights, uh, as listeners will know if they listen to that that recent episode of ours. And uh, the the overnight sound we had at Schoolcraft was the sound of barred owls. That's B-A-R-R-E-D, not barn. If you want to talk about terrifying sounds, go listen to the the screech of a barn b-a-r-n owl or or the the screech of an eastern screech owl
1: i love barn owls (laughs) i I love
0: them too but i mean if, if you were you know um walking alone in the middle of the forest in the middle of the night and you heard it would probably scare the the bejesus out of you I left a gap there so you could put in a sound of uh, an Eastern screech owl. Yeah,
1: I figured. Or a barn owl. <laughs> they both sound pretty scary.
0: Um, but, um, yeah, I, I don't I don't want to get too too far afield here. But maybe real quick on that note, do you want to tell listeners out there what a barred
1: owl sounds like? They have, what is it, an eight-note call. And it is, who cooks for you? Who cooks for you? Is the, the sort of approximation of the sound. Ooh!
0: Yeah. And that's pretty accurate, I would say. Um, Yeah. Again, I don't want to get, I don't want to go back and redo our episode on Schoolcraft, but I will just say that um, it was really great to hear those owls overnight, just periodically. I got up early at about three in the morning and just could not fall back asleep. And so I got up, I made a fire. I I put on some uh, radio dramas and listened to some radio dramas by, almost by myself. There were actually some toads who uh, sauntered over and hung out with me while I was doing that around the fire and, um, every so often I would just hear who cooks for you, who cooks for you. That last note is kind of sustained a little longer. It was just, it was so great. Cause we do not, not too far from our, from home here in Minneapolis, we do have some great horned owls, but I don't know that we have any, um, I mean, I'm sure they're around, but like in the city, I don't know that we have many, uh, other owls. There's just, I don't know that there's enough for them to, uh, to live off of in terms of, um, what they, you know, pray and all that, but getting out and in then into, uh, at Schoolcraft, which is a very quiet park, was it was a lot of fun. And being being able to hear those owls overnight was very, I guess I'll go with uncanny as well. And uh, bringing it back around to McCarthy Beach, you know, the, the overnight call we heard most was you know, definitely those loons. They would occasionally fly over too during the day. You would just uh, you would hear them making their sounds and uh, in flight. And you'd look up and, you know, we were kind of surrounded by trees, but you can kind of catch momentary glimpses of them through the, uh, through the, through the tree line. And that was uh, pretty amazing too, to know they're, oh yeah, they're headed, they're headed over to Side Lake or they're, or they're heading this way. They're going over to Sturgeon Lake. And um, yeah, just, just to reiterate on what you said a moment ago, we will, we will almost assuredly be going back to McCarthy beach as soon as we can. There were uh, several parks on this trip that I feel that way about.
1: Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the camping, about camping at the state park, because this was our longest stay when it came to camping. I loved it. I loved the fact that even though there was uh, an RV across the way, uh, we couldn't really hear them and they were pretty respectful. One night they serenaded us to sleep with Margaritaville on the guitar. Oh man, that
0: should be like uh, camping bingo. Is when you hear like a boomer playing uh, playing that song on a on an acoustic guitar. No, no disrespect to that fellow. I'm sure he was a nice guy, but yeah, man, it's just one of those. If some if, if if an old guy has a guitar, you can almost you know you've got pretty good odds that that's going to be one of the songs he plays.
1: Uh, we were close to vault toilets. We were there were tons of places to fill up your water jugs that yep. were nearby. That was really that was really nice. Probably
0: the nicest facilities. And by, by that I mean the most uh, well maintained. Not just not just the showers, but the vault toilets. People people forget that a vault toilet is. It's a, let's face it, it's it's a disgusting thing. You're staying on a toilet over a big, um, you know, underground vat of waste, and uh, it is what it is. You know, we have to we have to do do the ones and twos when we're out there but the vault toilets were incredibly clean i think they there was a sign saying that there was a sign apologizing uh, basically saying like you know you know we apologize but these are only maintained once a day and i was thinking i've been in vault toilets look like they've never been maintained so i mean <laughs> it's good to know that someone's coming out there and making sure there's a adequate number of toilet t- toilet paper rolls making sure that it's swept out that's a big thing is cuz people people go in there all times of day and night and track in leaves and dirt and every single time i went in that vault toilet, you know, it's very simple. It's like a concrete, uh, floor, you know, simple walls. And then, you know, the toilet at at one end. And every time I went in there, it looked like it had just been swept out. It was about as clean as you could expect a vault toilet to be. I never, I never felt like, Oh, I touched the door handle and I have to wash my hands or, or what have you, you know, you go in there and you do your business. You try to leave it as clean or cleaner than when you you got in there. But honestly, every time I used it, it it seemed, it seemed like someone had just cleaned it out.
1: Yeah. And we arrived at this park. This was where we camped after school craft and we were delighted to find not only that there were shower facilities at McCarthy beach state park, but David, they are the nicest shower I have ever taken in a state park. Like, absolutely. uh, Uh, so a couple things about them. So there are a few things that make a state park shower good in my opinion. One is, does the water get hot? Two is the water pressure And three is how many times do I have to push whatever I'm pushing (laughs) to get a full shower in? And I will say, McCarthy Beach, great water pressure, hot water, and the button gives you four minutes before you have to push it again, which is actually enough time for me to do... You timed it? No, there was a little... uh, Maybe there wasn't in yours, but there was a little sign in mine saying that it would be about four minutes. And let me tell you, after we left Schoolcraft, we had done some tuning around on our way over to McCarthy beach and uh, a bath in a lake is a bath in a lake. There is nothing like a hot shower to help you scrub up after, after a few days of being kind of stinky.
0: Yeah. I may go back there one day, just to take a shower.
1: David, don't be sassy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. Enough about using the bathroom. Um,
1: <laughs> this uh, is the bathroom report. We said we'd have some on this trip. Right, that's okay. That's all right.
0: It's, it's, I think it, this is, this is the kind of thing. This is the unglamorous part of, uh, of state park. Visits and, and camping—that you know—it's maybe someone out there finds the value in us talking about it. But I think we've covered all that ground. So, what else do we have to say about McCarthy Beach?
1: Do you want to talk about heaven?
0: Oh yeah. So there was one day—I Um, I think it was like day one or two of our of, of our four days we were at uh, McCarthy Beach, where it just rains. Sted- <laughs> it, it, it would just it rains steadily from like three in the morning until like nine at night. I don't think there was a maybe. Maybe one or two short breaks in there, but it was just a consistent ongoing rain. And so we, you know, we looked at the forecast the night before it really started and said, okay, we're not gonna do any hiking tomorrow for reasons X, Y, and Z. Why don't we just uh, make sure everything's put away and make sure the, the tarp under the tent is tucked properly and let's just go into go into Hibbing and check out Hibbing. Which, you know, everyone knows Hibbing is where Bob Dylan is from. I think he grew up kind of dividing his time between Duluth his family that is, between Duluth and Hibbing. Um, but we drove into Hibbing. Um, I'm a bus driver, so I, I had to check out the bus museum. It's technically the Greyhound bus museum, but you know, I was there just, uh, as as someone who generally just appreciates uh, public transit and, and, and that, that mode of transportation in particular. And so we spent a few hours. Um, well, first we got breakfast. Is that what you're
1: No, I wanted to talk about the number of pictures of buses that we will be including with this episode. It was, it was actually really cool.
0: Um, you know i'm pretty cheap so i always say ah you know it could have been a, could have been a little cheaper but um, if you happen to find yourself in Hibbing, i recommend checking out the bus museum and uh, the, the lady working there was really nice and um yeah just kind of got us going on the tour it's basically a self-guided tour but um she, she sort of uh, walked us through the first the first stretch of the tour and then after that we were on our own and i got to see uh well we both got to see a lot of um really cool just sort of um memorabilia from the last, like, you know, 80 or so year, or I guess like a hundred years, really. Yeah. Um, wasn't it like the twenties or thirties when this guy, got...
1: it was, yeah.
0: So we got to see um, just a lot of uh, just little knickknacks. We watched a short video there. They had buses. Uh, when you get to the end of the tour, there's like you're in this big garage and they have like a bus from every decade going back to the thirties to the present. And just, you get to see the, how the styles have changed. Incidentally, everything basically peaked in the forties after that it's just all downhill. (laughs) Buses are just a microcosm of that. But anyway, uh, we got to see, I got to see um, artifacts maybe is maybe too grandiose of a word, but uh, artifacts of um, stuff related to my union, the amalgamated transit union. So that was kind of cool. Just like old member cards, old buttons, uh, certificates, things like that. Um, And it was, it was just, it was a lot of fun to to check out um, the bus museum. Oh, and then it ended. uh, We, we, Dropped a, a few extra dollars, and I picked up this sort of corny little kitschy item. It's a promotional comic book from the late 60s called Driving Like a Pro. It's something I'm just going to have framed to put around the apartment because, uh, yeah, as I mentioned, I'm a bus driver. So this it's, it's, it seems uh, appropriate to put up and, and, and keep as a sort of little memento of my of my uh, occupation.
1: We didn't do too much else in Hibbing. We stopped at a brew pub that was kind of unmemorable. I The beer was fine. It was fine.
0: Yeah, we got breakfast there. It definitely, hopefully this doesn't sound too negative, but Hibbing definitely has kind of that small town feel of like when you walk into a diner, it's like all eyes are on you and it's like, oh, we're the outsiders. And you know, some people might not like that, but nobody was outright mean to us or anything like that. But yeah, we got breakfast at a little diner uh, on the main street. We checked out the bus museum. We drove past Bob Dylan's childhood home. And uh, and then I think we got some beers at a little brew pub, right?
1: Yeah, that sounds about right. And yeah. Then we headed back to our campsite, and we had just a really lovely evening, just hanging out in the tent and reading and listening to radio shows.
0: Yeah, it was still raining when we got back that day, so...
1: Um, oh my God, so much rain. <laughs> yeah, But yeah, I
0: don't know, maybe we're getting into too much detail, but yeah, we're not going to walk you through every day, but yeah, suffice it to say, McCarthy Beach is a it was a great park, and... I'm so glad that we spent as much time there as we did because even though we didn't get to the trails, it was just, it was so nice to just, uh, yeah, as I said before, take a vacation from the vacation and kind of regroup and let our bodies rest a little bit and eat some good food and drink some good beers and hibbing uh, before venturing off to other state parks, which we'll get to. Maybe we give a little tease about the upcoming parks.
1: Well, do we want to do like a 30 second, we went to Hill Annex State Park knowing that they weren't going to be open. Uh, the fossil tours have been suspended for, gosh, I think they started being suspended during the start of COVID and they are mm. still suspended. It looks like indefinitely.
0: Yeah. Thanks for reminding me about that. Um, on our way to McCarthy beach to sort of check in for lack of a better term, that's when we stopped at scenic, which we've already done an episode on. And uh, we kind of did it just a sort of drive by stop at Hill Annex state park. Which, you know, there's some interpretive signs up. We kind of took in the view. It's sort of like on a hill overlooking the the former mine. So we, we were there literally for less than half an hour. Or so um, we're not going to be doing an episode on Hill Annex because, you know, we were there very briefly. The, the fossil, what was it called? Like a fossil hunt?
1: Like a fossil hunt or tour or walk. Was... Yeah,
0: so anyway, the yeah, the tour was closed. The, the museum's closed. So there's really not, and we can't, I feel like we're not going to do an episode on that one justice until we're able to go and at least visit the museum. Even if we can't do the, the fossil tour, um, at least if we can uh, check out the museum, we'll, we'll do a a proper episode on it one day, but for now we're skipping over that. But just so you know, we did, we did briefly stop there on our way to McCarthy beach.
1: The museum, at least through labor day, I don't know. I haven't looked at the website recently. The museum was up on Fridays and Saturdays. So if you're up in the area, it might be worth a look at the website to see if they're planning on being open again.
0: Yeah, that's a good- Or they're still open, um, I guess. Yeah, thanks for clarifying that. I don't think the museum is like permanently closed or anything like that. I think we just happened to be there in a day that it was, which would have been like during the week, I, I, if my memory is correct. So yeah, if you're if you're in the area and you're able to, to visit the museum, uh, send us an, an email, adventurewithinreason at gmail.com, or you can uh, start a thread on our Facebook group page, Adventure Within Reason Podcast. And we'd love to hear what your experience at that museum was. In general, we love it when people start conversations on on um, on the group page on Facebook. So please don't wait for us to get something started. If, if you've been to a park we haven't been to, or maybe you've been to a, a park like McCarthy Beach and done things we didn't do there, by all means, get a conversation started because this is all about, you know, building up a community and sharing our our memories and our experiences together. Yeah, thanks to everyone who's done that already. Welcome to all of our new listeners. Uh, as we've mentioned in previous episodes, uh, we're getting a lot of new listeners of late, which is which is great. It's good to know we're not just talking into a, you know, uh, a tin can with a string that's not attached to anything else at the other end. Uh, we're actually communicating with people out there, which is which is very uh, fulfilling.
1: We're mass communicating, David. We're
0: mass communicating. We're not, <laughs> we're not one at a time in here. We've we got at least a dozen listeners or so. out
1: there. <laughs> so I think that's everything. So until next week, adventurers. See you then.